From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. You are on Kelly's Spiel, or Spiels with Kelly. I'm spieling, I'm reeling, I'm rocking and I'm rolling. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Normally, I find Spiels really easy. They're unscripted. But this last week, 10 days, it's been nearly impossible, and I blame it all on the equinox. As we get older, our sensitivities can become more pronounced. And every year the autumn equinox settles in, showing me where my lack of balance is rather than balance. Is that a joke or is that a paradox? (laughs) But often those who turn to health and wellness are seeking it for themselves first and foremost. The equinox is the change of seasons, the turning point or transition Like I've said before, transitions are vata-owned, and this means if you already have a vata-vikriti, vikriti means the covering over of our natal constitution, which is called prakriti. And if you already have a vata-vikriti, then just like any other strong movement of time, you're going to feel a little bit more vata than anyone else. That doesn't mean danger, danger. (laughs) just means, you know, go easy, try to plan ahead if you know it's going to happen, so that you can be prepared, and you might have some structures in place that Vata can use, or whichever dosha it is. For me, it was warmed oil on my stomach at night and a hot water bottle. It was a few warming baths. It was walking in nature. Anyhow, So this is more of an unusual spiel, (laughs) like aren't they all unusual, but I wanted to cover a little bit on yoga and Ayurveda's basic root, the Sankhya system, and it's just like somehow ingenious. Just all the indigenous cultures thousands of years ago, learning and seeking the secret why we are alive, why are we here, and also discovering what happens after death and all the stuff to do in between both. The Sankhya system was born from this desire to know the unknown. I love that. And when I learned about the Sankhya system first in my yoga teacher training, we skimmed over it because, you know, like there's only so much you can cover in a yoga teacher training. Anyways, it is a foundation of Ayurveda because they're sister sciences, and the elements become so important for Ayurveda because of the doshas. So remember that the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and space, are actually the basis of each dosha. Each dosha has two of the five elements within it. And so because of the elements, it's required to understand why each of nature's elements is important. And I was questioning things back then. I still do, like I always have. 
wanting to know the reason behind something. And if I didn't understand the reason, if I didn't understand why I needed to do something, I just found I couldn't understand the process. So I'd just not engage with what it was. A bit like math. And I can't blame my math teachers. There were many and various, but with all my school moves and the restrictions that caused the school moves and the way the schools were developed, you know, you'd you get a certain math class in each class. But if you missed a year and you weren't going to that school consecutively, that means you missed out on probably a foundational element. And there is often some amount of overwhelm and the constant state of being a new student in a new school. Anyway, that's my excuse, because the science and math teachers had no chance of keeping me interested. I wanted to do more things. I wanted to do more than just memorizing formulas, which is what I would do. And I really didn't want to cut up frogs or flies. And in the end, in fact, I did get sick on those days. Anything not creative became a bore. My eyes would roll to heaven, or I'd fall asleep in the lecture. My poor French teacher... Two hours of French. Two hours of biology sitting in a lecture hall. Oh my goodness. But yoga for me expressed a science that's clear. We are all uniquely connected to the various different extensions of life. And if we listen close enough, we also can tune in. Like all of life around us does. The animals are so in tune with earth. And when I used to teach yoga for children, I would remind all of us that as much as we breathe out, our exhale briefly passes by the heart. And the heart is where we express the love in our life. And as we breathe in, we reconnect with the love of life from others. So anyone can create lovely relaxations, meditations, visualizations with that sort of creative foundation such as thinking of sending your prana and energy from the wellspring of life or the life force to your family or your best friend. You could get all the children to hold hands and think of a hospital where we would like to send love and care for children. Children staying in hospital, children with serious illness, children with parents in hospitals and, you know, that sort of thing. And then I would ask all the children to come standing closer to the circle and raise their arms as they breathe out, wiggling their fingers so that they could send out prana from their own beautiful body, their own beautiful being. We can also send prana and receive prana from our pets. And we could do dog and cat pose here. Or the wild animals of the Serengeti, lion pose and giraffes walking. Actually, I love giraffe pose. And we could do pastures, monkeys and birds of prey in Ireland, to all of the animals in the Irish landscape, the heron and barn owl, and the peregrine, finches and crows. And the last one in their relaxation, resting with the dolphins of Dingle Bay. Well, that was back in the day. I think there's still dolphins in Dingle Bay, aren't there? But now we'll have to do a walrus pose. <laughs> But also, we can receive energy from all of the other beings all the way across the world. If you think of it, there must be one tiny atom coming at us, if you know someone in California, and breathe it in. And relax your breath out to that person or family member in Canada, in Fiji, in Bali. 
The mind is our most powerful tool of connection. And like I was saying, when I met the Sankhya system, it fit for me. I stopped searching for something else and found that all the supports were right here in the system, a system of enumeration. And enumeration is super simple, and I think that's one of its gifts. I don't need to get muddled up in any theories. There's no mysterious pen, bleh, <laughs> pedantic dogma, and no one but myself to encourage me to practice. No, no need to show up for anyone else but for myself, and to practice for the sake of my own health. To practice to help myself become a better version from the moment before. And it's not about getting better either. What I mean is as improving. It's not all about improving. It's really more about developing an awareness of how we are. And the fact that sometimes I want to improve doesn't detract from the desire to be able to sit. To be able to sit in stillness for anything that arrives. It's that willingness to arrive that I feel like is a part of the magic. To practice because when I'm balanced, I affect everyone around me with my balance, most especially me. And of course, if you have hung around with me at all, you'll also know you get the benefit of my imbalances too. <laughs> like everyone else, we spread what we are we spread what we read, what we do, what we say, what we hear. It's not magic. This is the Sankhya system showing up. It's enumeration. You continue to do one thing, you're not going to actually have time to do everything else. A system of enumeration is sequential. Something is the beginning and everything else comes from this beginning. And the beginning is always there as the foundational element. It is really a bit of rocket science, don't you think? My father had one saying when I was growing up, and actually I hardly ever use it for my kids, but I think I did when they were younger. And he would always say, mostly to the twins, and, you know, bless my brothers for all the stuff they put up from a man who had post-traumatic stress syndrome from Vietnam. And, yeah, that has a lot to answer for. But my dad would say, so if someone would tell you to go and jump in a lake, are you going to go to... And he wouldn't say it very nicely. Be fairly grumpy. That was a famous Jim Mills saying. And you know, we lived on a tiny island out in the Pacific. I had never seen a lake. Only rock pools and tiny waterfalls starved of water. Of course, Dad coming from Cleveland, Ohio, it was, what I'm totally guessing, one of their colloquialisms. Because they had Lake Erie. Lake Erie is one of the Great Lakes. It's so big, you can't see to the other side, full of historical beauty and tragedy, most especially of the Native Americans. When they were young, they were told the lake was rife with polio. Just so you know, this is not factual. My father used to spend hot Cleveland summers at the lake, probably ignoring his parents' warnings not to go to the lake, and I only know that from photos of him at the lake. And just FYI, so as not to leave you wondering or mixed into any myth. Back in the years after World War II, you know, polio was a real terrifying illness and a virus, in fact, and everyone was pulling their children out of community activities for fear of contracting typhoid, but most of all polio. But what they subsequently learned about polio was that you couldn't get it from swimming in pools, rivers, or lakes, so instead 
as post-World War II world would do, they covered the lands with DDT to fight the unseen danger of viral infections. Mmm. That's a bit of a mess. For whatever reason, I guess the subliminal messaging of a parent really works. See, we become what we hear and we become what we repeat. But I always question what would be the consequence of this or that if I would do this or that. And I think that's what my dad did give me. Because I saw my siblings <laughs> um, suffering the wrath of my dad, I always thought of the consequence first. I restricted myself, I guess. I don't think my parents restricted me as much as I restricted myself thinking of the consequences and of the the grumpy man that I would meet at home. And although he was a very authoritarian parent, there was something really cuddly about him too. Yes. Uh, anyway, yes, and I and I do I do miss him. Ayurveda and yoga use this system, the Sankhya system, that's solely dependent on the five elements, these Pancha Mahabhutas. This in itself is significant because it gives a system structure and focus and a science, a pathology, a diagnosis, a treatment. So we can trace where something came from go back to the root cause, and then offer a treatment. It does take time. You know, it's not magic, although, and that seems to be one of my sayings now, but um, although I wonder, do we think that modern medicine is like a magic, easy route? I believe we don't. But I do know that Ayurveda really seeks to find the root cause, and it also takes time. And we work with the whole system we work with, the mind's coping mechanisms, we work with the personality viewpoint, we work with your digestive system initially to make sure that you are able to digest whatever you're using as nourishment, and that's nourishment through all five senses. But the basis of Ayurveda comes from this purusha, the space of, like before pregnancy, rich, a rich soil rich in nourishment, and a space that can hold all things, but cannot be contained by no thing, is ever-present. Anyhow, skipping forward and onward. As I was saying that in, in the spiel, that yoga teacher trainings can't possibly hold everything there is to know about yoga. I mean, there is the, the information, the variables, the tangents and types, it's absolutely vast. It's just in, it's such an incredible, absorbing science. And every teacher has their own personal slant on their own teaching to students. And then, of course, each teacher training teachers adds even more of a slant so that all students have the voice of their training coming from them as they go out and explore and they explore how they can use a teacher training. It is a wild vision to use a teacher training as a tool to practice more of what you are doing. But I really believe that that's one of the gifts of a yoga teacher training. And if your yoga teacher... So most yoga teacher trainings have a main focus. And if you have a yoga teacher, if you're lucky to have a yoga teacher training that has the blend of everything. 
some philosophy and all the facets of yoga within it. And when you enter as a student for a teacher training, at least from my experience, this is where you begin to develop a better relationship with yourself and how you view yourself in your world. There is often some lessons on connection and interconnection to others, but most of all, there's a dive into the fascinating chakra system or one of the specifics of yoga, of the yoga system. And the chakra system is one of my favorite subjects. And if you've ever been taught by me, you know I generally run six or seven classes with the chakra system as a theme twice a year. Actually, it's coming to that time again. And it is just always revelatory. And there is always a lot of, wow, that really hit home this week or this month. In a yoga teacher training, you get to learn about it too, but you get to experience it more. And it is so much fun experiencing the practical with some light theory. And even right now, it's like a party in my mind. So the yoga teacher training I am planning for January 2021 will be using the chakra system, but also there will be Ayurveda. Of course, how could I leave Ayurveda behind? There will be, I mean, you know, ask anyone. I can't help but say Ayurveda in most paragraphs or at least within every two minutes of talking. In the training, there will be mornings dedicated to Ayurveda practices of yoga and food. It's just going to be so exciting to be able to share this with students who are interested. And it's not about adding it in for you to become an Ayurvedic therapist. It's about you using Ayurveda as a tool for your health. And what we learn, we often end up teaching in some form or other. You know, like a tourist stops a local person to ask for directions. That local has learned somewhere along their living where they are, where this is or that. Now, if that now, if that didn't confuse you, <laughs> as with every yoga teacher training, there are hours to fill. And if you choose to be under a regulatory body, and I have chosen this, to make sure that, mainly to make sure that I can offer the best possible program to everyone, or programs, I am planning more than just this teacher training, then you have to fulfill the obligations and choose your aims under a regulatory body, which is the Yoga Alliance Professionals. And I am listed somewhere in all of that machinations. But the course I'm offering is a good blend of asana, of course. There is specific, especially because of Ayurveda, breathing practices to get to know and solidify in your system, like you can't solidify breath, but that it becomes a natural process for you. And breathing practice is known as pranayama, which means the restraint of breath, but in the real world, it means to develop and assist our assimilation of the vital life force without attachment or rigidity. So it's not about restricting. I, I really hardly ever use that word restraint because I feel that for pitta types, it tends to lock them in that they have to hold on to something and never let go. So this is where some of the use of Ayurveda can really help in this teacher training. When we learn how to use the breath to help prana flow through the body, it helps to create better body balance, better mind balance. 
And of course, there will be meditation and practices, practices to do with chant and evenings where we gather as groups, depending on the energy of the group, where we practice very gentle things. It's question and answer. And there is philosophy and Ayurvedic health for mind and body. Plenty of yoga teaching practice to help each student really dig in and find how they can teach their own yoga. So the course is really about initiating first your connection to your yoga practice, your connection to your breath practice, your meditation practice, and finding how can you really set seeds to express your yoga teaching. So it's not that you're going out with my view of it, you're going out with your expression because every bird goes to a specific tree. And so there are reasons why teachers have different students. And so this is why, although everyone keeps saying there's so many yoga teachers, I believe that every student has a teacher waiting for them. And the yoga teaching course, most courses aren't as complicated as they sound. One of the bonuses of the course I'm running is that it is going to be in, in person Saturdays and Sundays at Sati Studio in Clarenbridge or Kilcorn in Clarenbridge, right in the middle of the woods. Imagine that, meeting people that you know from a course that can often be transformative for your life, sitting in groups with others, dining together, laughing, sharing, talking, connecting, relaxing, discussing. Yeah. And so that's why I'm here. And you know, I never once doubted my own yoga teacher training course when I look back. It has and still resonates with me, as do my teachers. And the same with Ayurveda. And for sure I was in the right place at the right time for both of those decisions, how that happened, because really my life was, um, was wild. I never felt it was a risk taking either of those. I think the Ayurveda course, because I was traveling to Bath for two of the years, and we had a year out to do case studies, that was a lot. That was kind of a risk <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> um, but it was also wonderful to, like, like my own teacher training course, to commune with others and just be really in, entrenched in Ayurveda for the five or seven days, depending on which course, for the Ayurvedic uh, medicine and the Ayurvedic massage. Oh yeah, and just FYI, my massage is back open again, the Ayurvedic Treatment Center. There's a few things to finish with the room, so I'm not offering the half spa days, but they will be coming soon, probably by the end of October. So that's it for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to me kind of mooching on. But I wanted to end with something cool since the detox has started, and this is for your digestion or even your indigestion. And you can ask yourself first, what is difficult for you to digest in your life? What is difficult for you to digest in your food? In your nourishment? And nourishment is not only about food. Remember, it's about what we hear, what we see, what we taste, what we smell, what we touch. Who we are with, where do we eat, why do we eat, Things like that. So 
too much of a certain food type or a certain food attribute could be over years really just so imbalancing. Or perhaps you had a day where you just ate something way too much, like too many chilies or too much dairy or lots of bread, you know, all that sort of stuff. Some of the other causes of imbalances or indigestion, first of all, is too much little chewing, having cold liquid with your food, eating in difficult circumstances or a terrible environment. Can you think of a place right now? Can you just visualize it and go, oh my goodness. What if you're eating on the run or eating and working? All very, very not good. Emotional eating is more about something else and has shifted into that as a response, as a reaction. And so this is where meditation helps through Ayurveda. The detox is, of course, to cultivate personal sattva. So here's a little tip to enliven your agony, your digestive power, your gut, as they say now. That's like the, the trigger word, isn't it? You see that all over Instagram. Not that I go on it very often, but it's everything is about gut health. Uh, I don't know why, I just don't like that word, gut. But anyway, um, just just a personal dislike that I'll have to work on. I do like using the word digestive power because it has to do with the power, the power source of our life. And it's like the power of digestion in each and every cell. It's like how do we transform one thing to the other? How, how can we best support ourselves to digest our life? So this is a great wake-up for our digestion, especially if your digestion is stagnant. And you might feel it's stagnant because you have long-term indigestion. And most of us have a bit of ama in our digestion, and this will still help. Get a little piece of ginger root, a little squeeze of lemon or lime, and a tiny pinch of salt. But if you have excess pitta, you can omit the citrus and just have that salt and ginger instead. And zoom, you just use it like you would without the tequila. And <laughs> you feel the power. <laughs> so for now, don't forget, this podcast is run solely by me. <laughs> and if you are enjoying any of this information, you can happily support my efforts by clicking the link in the description. It's called Buy Me a Coffee, but actually it's donations. And all donations are really, really so helpful because they go towards the cost of the hosting site. So Buzzsprout is the site where I put all the podcasts so they can stay there for a long time. Writing a review, of course, on Apple Podcasts super helps. It would be great to have more and it would be great to have more ratings. So lots of love for now and chat to you soon. Mercury is going retrograde or has been for two days already. So back up all your information and please drive safe. Keep in touch and let me know what you think. I love hearing from people. Some people contact me on Instagram. It's just so lovely. Um, yeah, it's really nice to hear from people. Okay, take care. Bye for now. Here you will find Monday's meditations, Tuesday's episodic series, Friday's relaxations, interviews with very cool people. There's spiels from Kelly, that's me, on bits that she forgot to say, very normal, or has to say. And Kelly's own are surprise bits and things that you need to know. If you want to help, the best thing to do is download the episodes. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all help 
Thank you to everyone listening, but for now I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.